ain't talking for talking sake. My time's better spent killing studies. If you want to come and kill some studies too, then come. Hey listeners, Nathan here. Just before you start the episode, I wanted to jump in and say I am sorry about the upcoming audio issues. They're not too bad. I sound a little bit funny and GJ sounds kind of like a robot. This wasn't something that I realized until I had started editing, and there's no great way to fix that up, unfortunately. It's just the audio source that we used. I am recording on new hardware with new software, so unfortunately there were a few bugs to work out. It's still a fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy the episode. I just wanted to say sorry about that. I hope it doesn't ruin your listening experience. Thanks. In orange or green, we're still mean. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. My name is Nathan Stone, and with me today is GJ. We are continuing our look at the wonderful Storm of Chaos, the 2004 summer campaign that lives forever in our hearts. Now, we have been recording with Scott for the last little while. He was unfortunately unable to join us today. So instead of doing the whole last part of the book without him, we've broken that up into two episodes. So there will be a part four for this little adventure that we've seen ourselves on. For today, though, we are going to focus on two separate army lists. And those are the Wa Grimgor and the Slayers of Karak Kadrin. And both of these lists are tremendously fun. We are going to skip out on our usual hobby and news update. The reason for that is, well, we just don't have any. Uh, GJ's been a little bit under the weather, and we've both been tremendously busy. I just started school, and whilst that is really fun and has already shown me ways in which I can make this podcast better, one of those being uh, Adobe Editions, which I will be purchasing for myself literally right after we finish this podcast so I can start editing with that instead of Audacity, because, oh my god, is that so much more efficient and there's so much more I can do with that program. So that will be very, very nice. But to the point, we just don't have any hobby news for you guys at the moment. So we're going to jump right into things. GJ, this is this is your wheelhouse, yeah. buddy. This is your specialty. Wa Grimgore. It is, yeah. You were, you were the lord of the forums back in the days of the Games Workshop forums for Wa Grimgore. Uh, you were, I guess, the war boss of the forums, specifically this forum. And I think before we even jump into to the army itself and to the, to the list, why don't you give us your take on, on this army? And uh, maybe if you've got uh, some stories from those days of, of either playing this army. Well, um, back in the day when Storm of Chaos came out, I was only playing Warhammer for... I think it was about a year, maybe a year and a half. I, I think I started in uh, the early winter of 2003, so so maybe like uh, end 2002 and the beginning of 2003. And my only army back in the day was orcs. So naturally, when you get another special list that's all orcs, 
then um, that's going to be the army for me. I didn't play dwarves, I didn't play elves, I didn't play chaos. So uh, this was basically the only list that I had uh, rules and miniatures for. So when this came out, and when I was uh, in the... Um, no, wait, that can't be right. I started Warhammer earlier. Well, I'm old. I, I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> to forget the date. Uh, I, I, I was 15 back then. And that must have been around the uh, turn of the millennium. Then I had been playing Warhammer for a couple of years already. When the Tomb Kings came out, I started that when it came out. So I, th I think I started around uh, early 2000. And then maybe I, I've been playing Orcs and Tomb Kings. But Tomb Kings didn't get a list in, in Storm of Chaos. And uh, the Orcs did. So I naturally gravitated towards that one. Um, f feel free to, uh, to cut that last bit up and, and reduce it a bit, uh, my uh, senile ramblings. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so uh, um, my experiences with this was mostly um, on the forum. And what I do remember, I, I don't remember much about those days because it was a long time ago when a lot of things happened and I was still in high school and, and early university when the um, Games Workshop forums were actually cancelled. Uh, but there was, back in the day, a nice community most of the time, but you had some some people that were just there for the trolling and, and the flame wars. And The thing I remember about the uh, War Grimgore or the, the Orc forums for the Storm of Chaos, because they had a, a separate set next to the main forums for Warhammer Fantasy and 40k and specialist games. Uh, they, they also had a set of forums for Storm of Chaos. They, they just um, added new message boards and then uh, after the Storm of Chaos was done, they removed them again. And what I do remember is that the entire Greenskin section that I was uh, moderating it never gave me any troubles. I, I don't think I've ever had to give out a single warning or let alone uh, banning someone or suspending someone. It's just, uh, it was a very nice, very well-behaved uh, community back in the day. So that's what I remember most about those days on the forum. And I do actually remember playing this list once I think in Storm of Chaos, and I was playing against uh, against the Chaos Army, and I believe I won that battle. So I don't remember how it went. It's been a long time, but uh, I think that was the the only time I ever won with this list, and it was against Chaos. So uh, I actually made a significant contribution to stop Archaeon's invasion. Uh, at least that's what it felt to me. <laughs> and then uh, later on, I tried this list again, but it was against a uh, veteran player, and um, he had high elves, and I was just way out of touch, and I completely lost that battle. But in the most orcish way imaginable, like rock lovers blowing themselves up, and then all that kind of stuff happening. Nice, nice. Of course, yeah, that's that's how it always goes with, with orcs, even when you leave out the goblins. Yes, even yeah. when you do. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's fun. That's really fun. I'm glad that the uh, orc part of the forums was uh, a nice and, and friendly place, which you expect, because, I mean, orc players are always good. 
they're, they're always good players, right? Nobody nobody ever gets into orcs to power game or anything like that. No, that's true. Mostly no, because then, uh... they never tend to be at the top of the power gaming curve. No. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that might have more to do with it, honestly. Uh, but there's, there's like this this trend that I see well within the gaming community at large that most people who like violent armies who like to play violent characters in role-playing games and stuff they are like really not not necessarily pacifists but they they are um really moderate in real life yeah the, kind so, of more relaxed or more chill than yes <laughs> some others yeah i have noticed that as well yeah I'm glad I'm not the only one. Well, this is not me psychoanalyzing the entire <laughs> wargaming community. At least that's not what I've been trained for. Although that sounds like that... a fantastic episode for us at some point. Yeah, that'll oh, be the yeah, title but... too. GJ psychoanalyzes the wargames community. I oh, love I that. <laughs> write a paper on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want. I want to know. I want to know what is up with high elf players. Why are they the worst? Because is it? that high elves corrupt them or was it the corruption of their own soul leads them to cheaty awful high elves i oh. need to, the the world needs oh. to know <laughs> or, or may, may, maybe it's like a vicious circle yeah yeah it certainly is, has been sown and it starts to grow when you are a vicious person playing Ooh, high elves. Yeah, yeah 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 nasty elves definitely <laughs> uh certainly not that i just get beat by high elves regularly <laughs> definitely no projection here that's no, not, no, 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 no. For, for me, neither. I mean, that's the second time me playing the Art Boys list was also against Elf. So, uh, no, no hard feelings. Ah, <laughs> uh. uh, all right. Let's let's dig into this section a little bit here. Wa Grimgore. It's not a huge section because we don't actually get a lot of special units. Really, we what we end up with is. Uh, a different way to play with the Orc and Goblin book. And one of, I think, a a piece of art, because we've, we, we've been talking about pieces of art and just how good the art is in this book as we've gone through it. And one that I, I missed mentioning in previous discussions was this beautiful page 56, uh, a little bit of a half page artwork here showing a horde of uh, orcs and goblins and just a massive amount of trolls that have been hitched to what I can only describe as Warhammer Fantasy Gargants. Uh, the giant <laughs> battering ram orc Gargants that have, yeah, have these huge battering rams in their stomach. They look like they're made of wood and other detrius and they look like they stand maybe well over 100 feet tall. Uh, just terrifying. I... I really, really love this. It's a I'm really... so glad you mentioned that. I, I was looking at this page and I was thinking, how could we not have discussed this when we were doing the art? Yeah. I mean, this is uh, it, it. It's it's um, uh, a little bit on the uh, on the bottom of uh, next page. Um, uh, you get a little description that fits with this image. Uh, these are actually two giant siege engines that Grimgore built to. I believe it was to take Middenheim. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, just uh, going to Middenheim because that's where Archaon is, the biggest, baddest dude, and Grimgore, Grimgore wants to uh, have his revenge on him for beating him the first time. 
So Grimgor orders these massive siege engines to be built and uh, they're called Dagods and uh, one is shaped like Gork and the other like Mork and Gork has a big battering ram and Mork has uh, a giant rock lubber and that's I think more or less to match that enormous uh, defensive siege cannon that <laughs> they have in Middenheim with giant loading it that we have mentioned every episode so far. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that the orcs have just given that cannon an actual legitimate target, right? Yes. It, it was <laughs> it was way too big and too silly, and the orcs were just like, oh, no, 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 we'll make something just as big that you can uh, fire at. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those wonderful pieces that bridge that gap between Warhammer Fantasy and Warhammer 40K, and I really like those, those times where you can do something that is reminiscent of the other game, but give it that twist. Uh, so things like the Elven Pantheon, for example, being the same as the the gods of the Eldar. Uh, the the orcs, orcs and goblins basically just being themselves, right? No matter if they're in Warhammer 40k or Warhammer Fantasy, the technology level changes a little, but otherwise they still have those same urges. I love that they still build big, stupid machines one question I have about this artwork, though, and uh, this this may just be orky planning at its best here, but I I see that there's trolls pulling this thing, like a team of of giant trolls, just to to get these things to Mindenheim. I just question the the intelligence, I guess, of leading letting trolls pull <laughs> anything. You you've got. You've got boars, right? You could you'd probably have to hook up more of them, but they're they're probably a little bit more reliable than than trolls for this job. I just don't know. <laughs> well, it's that's they probably have uh, the general within twelve inches. Oh, I hope so, because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise those uh, those war machines are getting to Middenheim yeah. like next century sometime. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, but a, a uh, by, by the way, I I would love to see this in a um, uh, in a full feature film uh, directed by Peter Jackson, uh, like the Siege of Minas Tirith, but then way bigger. Oh my God, yes! Wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah, just just that battle. It's just, uh, my apologies in advance because I've been uh, uh, watching a lot of Lord of the Rings recently and the extended DVDs and the appendices and everything. So <laughs> that's uh, right on my mind. So it uh, might, might not be the last reference. But, that's fine. Uh, you, ne you never yeah. have to apologize for Lord of the Rings on this show. <laughs> that is one of the tenets of this show is we, we love Lord of the Rings here. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. My wife and I actually had a... Uh, a yearly tradition of going through and watching the extended editions and we haven't done it in oh, a wow. while we yeah. should you don't have time for that mate <laughs> yeah i know i know maybe over the christmas break or yeah, something yeah wait wait for christmas yeah yeah and so this this section i think i like most for the lore here because we have this incredible battle for the fate of of the empire and i guess the like the, the northern lands going on and grimgore is really just playing his own game and that game is ultra violence and how can he prove that he is the biggest and meanest uh warlord in the world i i just love that that he is like the whole orc and goblin motivation here is that they don't really want to be left out 
of such a big battle and Grimgore especially and he's got so much to prove after his defeat to at the hands of Krom that he's he's basically going to just mess everything up for both sides and I I love that about what the orcs and goblins are in this campaign yeah just uh just our own plan and the only thing that they want to do is bash in some ads <laughs> mm-hmm mm-hmm and one of the the lore pieces that's that's really interesting is that Grimgor kind of finds religion in in yeah. his defeat to Krom, <laughs> right? Like he he kind of you know he figures that Gork he needs Gork on his side, and that actually shines through because you can take an effigy of Gork in in this army. It's one of the the special things, and I I just love that. You know the the way that they've they've written Grimgore to think in this campaign, where he he suffers defeat for the first time, and he immediately, firstly, uh, places the blame on goblins, which is probably fairly accurate that you can blame goblins for a lot of orc and goblin defeats. Uh, but secondly, just like he just doubles down on everything that he already believes. Like he needs more gork, more ultra violence, you know, more of his black orcs, more of his his ard boys. And yeah, especially no goblins, especially no goblins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, one of the, the very first things, even before his uh, the Battle of High Pass, where he's defeated by Krom, I love the fact that he was just as as things were ramping up, he just he marches north and marches to uh, Hell Pit, the home of uh, the Skaven clan Mulder, and just basically bleeds them dry just battles with them until he's killed all of their rat ogres all of their their mutant abominations and things and they're just stuck throwing slaves and clan rats at him and he gets bored and he's just like okay i'm gonna come back in a few years maybe once they rebuild and, and get some more monsters for me to fight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like there's just such a pure orky motivation to everything in this book and i i, I love it so much um, was there any of the, the, the fluff pieces that really stand out to you? Well, there was that episode where he um, he, he was uh, cutting the effigy. At a, oh, yes. At least a, I can't find it at the moment. Was it earlier? There's a little, like, uh, a little like, short story, where, right? Yeah. About that, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's just basically uh, Grimgore being introspective after losing the battle. And he's taken his uh, huge axe and, and he's just been chopping at the mountainside. And then uh, I, I believe it was uh, uh, Borgat, his, um, his lieutenant. He uh, came up and then uh, Grimgore made the decision, uh, all right, just orcs, no goblins. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, by the way, get some goblins here and chop out this stone and we're going to lug it around. And then the... Uh, the, the lieutenant uh, realizes it's uh, it's cut in the shape of uh, of an orc head. Uh, it's the uh, the effigy of Gork. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. That's a a really fun little story. I was just perusing through the book to see if I can find it. It is in here somewhere. I just is that yeah, uh, page eighty four. So if you're looking for oh, I was some... uh, leafing the wrong way around. I was I was thinking it was uh, earlier. Yeah. Yeah, 80. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's paired with I think my favorite piece of Grimgore art of all time. Yeah, uh, that's where the, he's the... 
the one from the Orc and Goblin Army book uh, yeah. as well. Yeah, just feeding uh, poor dwarf his fist. It's, it's yes. not. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's every bit the uh, the hyper violence you would expect there. Yeah, that's a great little uh, piece to explain how Grimgore feels after after his uh, after his defeat at Crom's hands. Yeah. So definitely worth a read there. So the first thing that we get before we even get to Grimgore's Ard Boys is we we do get a character that gets added to the Orc and Goblin roster, and that's Grimgore's Lieutenant Borgut Facebeater, uh, with a great little model with him too. He he looks quite nasty. He's uh he's kind of the Crom to uh, Grimgore's Archaon in this case. I really yeah, that's that's a very good comparison. It it is a lovely model to paint, uh, by yeah. the way. You have, uh, besides Grimgore, you basically have in this era two Black Orc war bosses, and one of them is the uh, 2000 Games Day special uh, miniature, which is uh, where the one uh, holding the two-handed axe uh, behind his head, and oh, yeah. the other one is this one. And uh, I, I never leave home without them because they can function as a... Uh, champion or as a as a hero or uh, yeah basically just as, as whatever um if you can get your hands on them uh, I, I highly recommend it mm-hmm. they're gorgeous models and yeah you've got anytime you're, you're taking orcs and goblins and you've got a nice character model you have like 15 choices of how to field it which i, I love yes. right is it a big boss is he a boss is he a, a war boss it's all it's all good yeah, Borgut is fun. He's a an orc after Grimgore, Grimgore's own heart. He he Grimgore hears about an orc boss who's emulating his own feats uh, when he is in Hell Pit, and uh, so he he goes to take a look and he finds Borgut slamming his head into the snout of the r- largest rat ogres that he can find, uh, while just murdering all sorts of Skaven, and uh, what what pleased grimgore was the fact that uh, borgut was just having an absolute blast he was he was loving every moment of it and uh i guess grimgore sees a little bit of himself in there and he has uh, found a kindred spirit that's it yeah yeah and yeah i'll just i'll read a little bit of uh borgut's own description here because I, i do find it quite fun for himself borgut is a simple creature brutally direct utterly uncompromising, and subject to wild intoxication in the heat of battle. I just like that as a real <laughs> uh, great descriptor of him. And he's actually got a fair amount of special rules here. He's a hero-level character, and he is 175 points. He is movement 4, weapon skill 5, ballistic skill 3, strength 5, toughness 5, 2 wounds, 3 initiative, 3 attacks, and leadership 9 He's got a Choppa, he's got Ardlad's Axe o Doom, and Drog's Deadard armor. And he's uh yeah, he's he's got quite a bit going on for him. His Choppa is fun. Uh his Choppa adds one to his attacks, even though he has a magical weapon as his second weapon. Uh it basically gives him that as a as a special rule. He gets his Axe o Doom which was taken from the body of Grimgore's former lieutenant. It adds plus one to Borgut's strength, and in addition, Borgut and only Borgut 
not any unit he might be with, counts as being affected by the Gorkle Fix-It spell for the duration of the battle. Do you remember what Gorkle Fix-It is? I'm just... Well, I uh, don't remember, but I looked it up uh, before the show. Oh, look so, at that. Uh, so yeah, on the ball. It's, uh... <laughs> Well, thank you. Uh, Gorkle Fix It was, uh, is, is basically just saying you get to re-roll your armor save, and if you don't get an armor save, it will give you a 6 plus ward save. Nice! So I like Borgat's that. So got a, uh, well, that's the next weapon, uh, Drogs, uh, sorry, the next magic item, Drogs Dead Art Armor, which is, I think, the same as in the Orcs and Goblins army book. It's a uh, one plus army's uh, armor save that cannot be improved, but uh, due to his weapon, it can be re-rolled. And if you come up against something that will say no armor saves allowed, you still get a six plus ward save. Man, I like that a lot. That's real good. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, he has a variety of special rules here. Ignore green skin panic, uh, which is just a, a normal special rule for black orcs, as that's not anything special special uh he also quells animosity like a black orc uh he has a special rule called the face beater and uh he can headbutt enemies in challenges that's what this is which i absolutely like uh so it's uh, in addition to his normal attacks and this attack is resolved before any other attacks in the challenge so it's the very first thing that he does is just slam his head into his enemy's head uh, it has worked out at strength 7, and uh, if the recipient of the headbutt suffers a wound, then they count as weapon skill 1 for the rest of the close combat phase and will attack last, regardless of charging magic items or any other bonuses. And if it kills his opponent, uh, Borgut will still make his remaining attacks to calculate overkill for combat resolution. Awesome for challenges, especially kind of hero level challenges or champion challenges this will kill most champions just outright as long as yep. you hit which he's probably got a pretty good chance at weapon skill five that's pretty decent another rule that i really like on this guy this is a fun one the next one keep your enemies closer though borgut is grimgore's most trusted lieutenant that's not saying much for a black orc grimgore likes to know exactly where his next the next strongest orc in his army is and if your army includes Grimgore, then you may never deploy Borgat further than 12 inches from him when setting up your army. This isn't a major issue, really, but it is a fun little flavor thing for, for special rules. I really like that. Yeah, and it's, it's just for deployment. So mm -hmm. after deployment, you can uh, move him around every which way you like. Finally, we have do as I say and what I do. Borgat has fought along Grimgore through all of his long wars and battles, one of the few survivors of the battle against the forces of Krom, the Conqueror. As a result, he and his lads have picked up a few tricks of their own along the way. If Borgat is deployed as part of a unit of orcs at the start of the battle, that unit counts as having been upgraded to a unit of biggins. Note that this does not cost any points, but Borgat must remain with the unit for the entirety of the battle. I mean, that goes a little bit of the way to mitigating that big points cost. I really like this yeah. character. I gotta say, this is one that I think I might auto include if I was running Grimgore's Wah. What do you? How do you feel about him? Yeah, he's lovely. You you should include him. He's he's well, more or less a regular black orc, um, a regular black orc big boss. He's got one web skill less, but one leadership more. 
and the free biggins upgrade that's something that you will always want especially because in the Grimgross Art Boys list you can have as many units of biggins as you like while in the regular orc army list you can only have uh, one unit of biggins and, and just your normal orcs, um, to upgrade them, it will cost you two points per model. So if you have a big mob of, say, 30 orcs, that's uh, 60 points uh, right off the bat that's, that you're saving there. So he'll definitely, if you, well, uh, subtract that from the points cost of Borgut, those 60 points that you would have paid for uh, Biggins uh, the other way, then it's just a 115 point hero level character with a one plus rerollable armor save and then his uh, special rules. So yeah, yeah, he's he's not too bad. And then just like any black orc, he will count as two hero choices. So it does limit the number of characters you can take a little bit. But other than that, um, yeah, I say go for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing to remember. And one thing that I I very often forget about sixth edition orcs and goblins is that the black orcs have that added cost in terms of their uh hero slots uh that's yeah <laughs> that is unfortunate yeah. but at least i mean he's such a good hero he's good it's gonna be so hard to put him down i know he's only got two wounds but that one up save he's got tough five uh he's probably gonna beat you in combat <laughs> like he's uh and he's gonna have a bunch of art boys backing him up i i love him i think he's so good Let's talk a little bit about Grimgore's Ard Boys the list. Yes. This yeah, this is this is really cool. So we'll go through the army list first and we'll we'll kind of make a note of what's there. This is a very limited version of the Orc and Goblin list, but you do get some real advantages here as well. So for lords, you can take a Black Orc Warboss, an Orc Warboss, or an Orc Great Shaman. For heroes, you get a Black Orc Boss or sorry, a Black Orc Big Boss, an Orc Big Boss, or an Orc Shaman. Core units are Orc Boys, Orc Error Boys, Black Orcs, though the 0 to 1 limitation is removed, and Orc Boar Boys. Special units, Orc Boar Chariot, Goblin Rock Lobber, uh, which must include an Orc Bully, Goblin Spear Chucka, which also must have a Bully, Trolls, and then in your rare units, you have the Giant, the Effigy of Gork, which is 0 to 1, and zero to one Ruglins armored orcs, which are a one of my absolute favorite dogs of war units of all times. So good to see them. The army itself has some special rules. If you take Grimgor in this army, he and his black orc guards count as a lord choice and a core choice, which is kind of nice. Black orc war bosses and orc big bosses, and sorry, black orc big bosses only count as a further hero choice if they have a mount of any type. And there must be more war bosses and big bosses in the army, including Grimgor and Borgut, than there are shamans and great shamans. Grimgor is only interested in getting the biggest, strongest, hurtiest orcs in his army. Consequently, any number of units of orc boys or orc boar boys can be upgraded to big uns. So some, some very cool special rules, even though you are very limited in your unit selection compared to the orc and goblin list yeah but the having those limitations removed for uh, biggins and black orcs that's really fitting with the team and it also makes up for 
losing savage orcs and all kinds of goblins that you can usually take. Mm-hmm. I guess where this where this army might get into a little bit of trouble is you've lost your fast cavalry, which is unfortunate, and you have not really any kind of real chaff units. I, I guess you could use orc boys as chaff, but man, this this army can hit so hard. And I love that they still have access to, say, the uh, orc boar chariots. I, I'm a big fan of kind of those medium chariots, like the ones that are cheap, but still tend to to hit really hard. And I think the orc boar chariots yeah. in that special spot, especially in sixth ed, in sixth ed. Yeah, this is this is fun. I do like and I was I was worried about this. I had to go back and, and check before the episode because I was worried that because the war machines were all goblin crude that they wouldn't be able to take them. But you still get the rock lobber and you still get the spear chucka. And those will those will do you quite well. Uh, at least I think so, because they're they're nice yeah. and cheap and cheerful. And uh, sometimes you get lucky with them. This is a, a, a kind of a combination of orc units that I can I can really get behind. I like that they only cost the extra hero choice if you give them a mount. So if you put them on a boar or if you have them riding on a chariot, I think that's a pretty good in between of the the normal restrictions. And then maybe it would be a little bit too free if you could just have a bunch of black orc war uh, war bosses and big bosses on uh, on boars. Yeah, that's true. And and also, I noticed that uh, Grimgor, in the regular rules, he will cost a lord, a hero, and a special choice, because Black Orcs are special. So, um, because over here in the Art Boys list, Black Orcs are core, uh, the special drops to a core, and the hero that Grimgor would cost is dropped altogether. Oh, that's a great point. Man, what a great way to take Grimgor, then, if you're if you're playing 6th. I, I do wonder how this translates to the rules for Borgats, because it says here that any orc army can include Borgats as a special character, and he counts as two hero choices. But over here it says that um, all the regular black orcs, orc war bosses, black orc war bosses, and black orc big bosses only count as a further hero choice if they are mounted. Oh. That's and an since interesting the question. Extra hero choice is dropped for Grimgor. I would say that it would also need to be dropped for Borgat. But rules as written, he will cost you two hero choices. Mm. Maybe Something there's an FAQ on that yeah. uh, somewhere. Yeah, I'd be interesting to see how that was ruled if it was ever yeah. uh, ever addressed like that, because it does make seem to make sense that in this army in particular he would cost one hero choice but it does also go out of its way to tell you about Grimgor but not Borgut. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. That's a that's a good catch there. So if anybody knows, please write in. Yeah, yeah, let us know uh how you've uh how you how you've ruled it or how you've seen it ruled. Yeah, so now the effigy of Gork, which is a, a big thematic part of the army even if it's not absolutely insane uh in game here and uh enraged beyond reason by his battle with crom the conqueror grimgor's fury was so great that he received a revelation from gork that led him to hew the effigy from rock the effigy symbolizes the brutal power of gork and acts to harness the power of the law 
So an orc army selected from this list can include the effigy at no points cost if Grimgore is the general. Otherwise, it costs 40 points. Uh, another one of those things to keep in mind. A little bit of a, a efficiency if you play thematically and, and really want to include Grimgore. And honestly, I don't know why you wouldn't include Grimgore in this it, army uh, if you got the points. It still eats up a rare choice, but uh, yeah, it, it, I think you want to take this. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, the, the rare choices in this army, there's only three of them. Yes. So you're, you're probably okay. Uh, it has some special rules. Firstly, it's immovable. It's a big, solid lump of stone or dung or some other building material. And uh, it cannot be moved once it is set up on the battlefield. It counts as impassable train, terrain rather than a unit. It may have models of shamans and drummers cavorting on it for dramatic effect, but these will play no part in the game. I like that as a, uh, as a, a mention. Uh, it has Gork's Blessing. Before the battle... The orcs will reverently roar their praises to Gork and touch their standards. Oh, to the effigy. There it is. Okay. Uh, any unit with its own standard may roll on the table below, representing the blessing that Gork has conferred to them. The blessing is cumulative with any existing magical powers their standard may have. So on a 1 to 2, their standard carries the bound spell Hand of Gork. On a 3 to 4, it gets the bound spell Basham Lads. And on five to six, it gets the bound spell, here we go. And the bound spells are cast at a power level of four, uh, which is really nice. Something that we talked about with Luther Huss on the last episode and uh, some of the priests of yep. Ulrich, that power level of four is just a nice little bump off of three. It means that if you're trying to dispel it with one dice, it gets a little bit, well, dicey. And it's a minimum of four. It is, yes, yes, yes. So the power level is also modified as follows. Add one if the unit bearing the standard has a unit strength of 15 or more, which at least early game, probably all of your infantry units are going to have way more than that. Yeah, you're not going to take units of orcs that yeah. are less than 20 uh, anyway, so... Uh, add one if the unit bearing the standard is being led by a war boss or big boss. Again, something that you could make really good use of. And add one if the unit is unit bearing the standard is in close combat. So, of course, that's not going to get you early game. But by the middle of the game, you're probably going to get stuck in on a few of these with a few of these units. And uh, it's going to be even harder to dispel these spells. Yeah, really, really good. So if everything works out for you, you could have a bound spell level of seven which is wild finally uh or not quite finally uh we got stop messing around as the next special rule any orc unit within 24 inches of the center of the effigy which fails an animosity test can ignore the result if it can successfully declare a charge on the enemy and does so so very situational especially for an army that's going to have a lot of black orcs and black orc leaders that are going to ignore animosity but for the odd unit it, it could happen. I mean, any chance I get to fail an animosity test, I'm right there. So, you know, I, I wouldn't mind taking <laughs> this in my normal Orc and Goblin army, to, to be honest with you. And finally, Gork likes a fight. Black Orcs are Gork's favorites, and he likes to see them get stuck in and not get perished because of magic, which is nowhere near so much as so much fun. For each Black Orc Lord or Hero within 24 inches of the center of the effigy at the start of the enemy magic phase, add one dice to the Orc Dispel Pool. That is wildly powerful for early game. I didn't actually 
I, I when I skimmed this earlier, I, I didn't quite take it in like I'm taking it in now. You could end up with a, quite a dispel pool there. That's yeah. That's awesome. This this is basically uh, you have this rule in the army where, where it says that you must have more war bosses and big bosses than you have shamans and great shamans. So uh, this army is not very good against a magic heavy army. So that's why you want this effigy of Gork. It will give you those mm -hmm. extra spells and it will give you those extra dispel dice early game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, what I also love, by the way, about this is that they say you have to measure from the center of the effigy. Uh, so there's no shenanigans with base sizes. It can be as, as big or as little as you want, but it will always be measured from the center. So you can basically, what it's, it says on the next page, on page 60, uh, make your own effigy. How do you do that? Uh, they give you some tips for that. And, and you can make it any way you like. Uh, I mean, I have the uh, Forge World Orc Totem that I'm using as my effigy. And it works fine, even though it's just a, what, two, three inch base size. And one portrait here is much bigger than a, uh, uh, than a giant's base. Uh, but it doesn't matter because everything is measured from the center. And uh, I love that versatility that they put in there. Yeah, yeah. it's a, It was a good way to do it and not have to worry about making sure your effigy is this by this in dimension and, yeah. and that kind of thing. I, it's it's quite an elegant solution to that. Yeah, you're you're 100% right. And it, it, it improves creativity. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and really no two effigies of Gork should ever look the same, quite frankly, so... No, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this uh, this is incredible. I love this thing. For the cost of just a rare choice, not even any points, I think this thing is is wildly cool and wildly good. Uh, certainly shores up a, a weakness in this army in, in just providing you with those extra dispel dice, let alone all of the other stuff that it gives you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're never you're never not gonna take this thing if you're playing this army. No, true. Specifically, I mean, it's super thematic for the army itself, but it's also just incredible. Like, it's a really, really useful uh, support piece for this army. It well, is, yeah. And the, the only thing that's uh, a bit of a downside is that the bounce spells on your banners are one use only, so you have to uh, use them at exactly the right moment. Mm. Yes, that's worth mentioning for sure. Because yeah, you you're gonna wanna not not waste that that one shot that one opportunity but at the same time i mean they they are free bound spells so if it, if it doesn't work yeah. out you know it's it's probably not the end of uh end of the battle for you um last but not least we have ruglin's armored orcs these guys are so much fun they're they're wonderful orc crossbowmen and uh they're some of my favorite dogs of war of all time Rugland and his orcs are uh, they're interesting because this is an army very much themed around black orcs not that regular orcs are are left out but uh Rugland's uh they they are regular orcs they're not black orcs although i guess that's obvious since black orcs would never stoop to ranged combat i think so uh <laughs> no, that is true yeah Up close uh, and personal yeah yeah so they are going to cost you a 190 points for Rugland 
maggot, a musician, and seven armored orcs. So a, a unit size of 10 for 190 points. That is the minimum size regiment that you can hire. Uh, you can increase that at a cost of 12 points per model. I used to have Ruglan's armored orcs, and uh, I, I sold them. I don't even remember why I sold them. Uh, it's one of the, the things that I sold that I, I deeply regret, and one day I'd love to find them again. I'm so glad I have them sitting in my attic somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't sell wonderful old miniatures. No, I don't, I don't no, know I won't. Why I ever did that. <sighs> I, I'm glad to say that that's one of the mistakes that I hear everybody lament about, but that I have never done. Yeah, you're, you're, I mean, I mean, I I have sold uh, other things. I've sold my entire Magic Gathering collection, and but never any miniatures that I did not have uh, duplicates of, did not need for some reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of the like you said, it's one one of the great regrets that so many of us have is just ah, oh, I shouldn't have let this go. I've sold like a million miniatures in my day. The only ones I ever have any regrets about have been kind of older warhammer fantasy miniatures <laughs> other than that I, i've you know i've i've had a million 40k armies and I've, I've sold a million 40k armies and that's just whatever but there's certain miniatures <laughs> that you just you don't see or you see them again and the the price is quadrupled and you're just like oh, yeah why didn't i just hold on to them but yeah it's the folly of youth really that was it uh <laughs> anyway uh so rugland is uh, a hero level character uh, he's he's pretty cool. He's uh, not quite a, a Borgut face beater, but he's he's no slouch. Uh, he's movement four, weapon skill five, ballistic skill three, strength four, toughness five, two wounds, initiative three, three attacks, and leadership eight. And the rest of his uh, entourage, there are or orcs, uh, but they have heavy armor. He also has his standard bearer Magus, who is the only real goblin infantry model in this army <laughs> other than the war machine crew and uh he is every bit the goblin uh with a goblin stat line that you expect him to be but he does have some fun special rules so ruglin and his orcs they ignore green skin panic the same way that everything in the orc and goblin army does choppa uh again this is the basic choppa rule and then maggot uh which is the name of the goblin standard and his own special rule uh, Maggot the Goblin accompanies Rugland wherever he goes, acting as his standard bearer. He has survived countless battles and is regarded as a lucky mascot. His presence encourages the orcs to fight all the more fiercely, so the banner Maggot enthusiastically waves adds plus two to combat resolution rather than plus one. In addition, Maggot seems to live a charmed life, and as a result has a three plus ward save. Shield of the Old Ones has nothing on this goblin. <laughs> uh, he may not accept challenges, for he is not, in effect, a character, just a particularly lucky goblin. And uh, if Maggot dies, however, the banner is lost with him, and no other orc can pick it up. Um, and he is so small that the orc that is standing directly behind him can shoot over his head. So if you're not on a hill or anything, you're not losing a shot uh, because Maggot doesn't have a crossbow, the orc in back of him can just kind of rest the crossbow on his head and uh, fire it off. So they are, they're a fun unit. Orcs with heavy armor is uh, a real rare sight, and orcs with crossbows arguably even rarer. And the only other special rule here is uh, he has a special result on the animosity table, 
On a d6 roll of one or two after you failed an animosity check, you get, let's show them what these crossbows can do. In which case, the armor, Ruglan's armored orcs shoot the closest unit, friend or foe, and all models in the unit can fire without movement penalty at the nearest target in any direction, ignoring the user rule restrictions for line of sight and fire arcs. This is an exception to the normal rules for shooting. The shots are worked out immediately, uh, not in the shooting phase, and the models themselves are not moved. The unit cannot do anything else that turn. If there's no one in range, then they squabble instead, and 3 to 6 is squabble. That could work out really well for you. Uh, it probably won't, because you're probably just going to shoot uh, whatever orc and goblin unit is in front of, of Ruglan's armored orcs, uh, but I, I do like that as an option for animosity. Yeah, uh, have I, you... I've always found it strange that um, most orcs are unable to shoot anything, except when animosity is involved, then all of a sudden they can fire in all directions and... Uh, they ignore any modifiers and, and all stuff like that. So, yeah, that's uh, that always feels a bit unfair to me as a greenskin player. Yeah, I hear you on that. I hear you. Like, I don't know why it had to be that our army is painfully mediocre with any type of bow weapon, unless yeah. you failed your animosity, <laughs> in which case they're all like dead eye. Uh, archers and they all yeah they'll, they'll get into impossible formations just so they can all shoot your own units and you're just like why couldn't you do this any other time yeah like come on guys uh yeah yeah it's unfortunate I do love this unit though one of the one a really good looking unit really unique looking unit as well uh do you have any uh experience playing these guys uh, no, I don't think I do. I, I might have proxied them back in 04 when I was mm. uh, playing that Chaos guy, but I, I don't really remember how that went or how they performed. Uh, there, there is a little bit uh, what I see here in the rules that strikes me as odd, which is that these are a ranged unit and um, their banner is uh, close combat oriented. So I would much rather have seen this uh, this unit with a banner that would maybe give them uh, magic resistance or a, uh, a ward save against shooting or mm. something like that. Because you can only make use of that banner once you are in close combat. And granted, Orc Archers perform pretty good in close combat, even though they are Archers. They're still, just, uh, they're still Orcs with their toughness 4. But... Uh, it does strike me as a bit contradictory. Yeah, yeah, it's an odd choice for sure. I do like this unit's close combat ability, just where they've got the hero in the first rank. They've got, yeah, they've got Maggot with his plus two. I think it, it gives them a, a great ability to see off units that would usually prey on archer units, right? Some of those maybe fast cavalry, some of the those uh, combat units or, or maybe heroes on on mounts or something that would would normally cause an archer unit to flee they could uh they could put up a good yeah, fight. They, they, they can go up toe-to-toe -to -toe with those but that's pretty situational and is, i don't yeah. think that those heroes would pick your armored orcs unless they have no other targets and and maybe even not then mm -hmm. um and, and that's also uh one thing here that they are carrying crossbows which are arguably very good weapons but crossbows are move or fire and in order to make use of this unit and the uh, 
web skill 5, strength 4 of Ruglet himself and the, the uh, extra combat result from the banner, you need to get them into close combat, which means that you have to move them forward, which means that you can't shoot. So it's it's basically a bit of a unit that, that tries to do two things at the same time, and that reduces its efficiency, I think, just looking at it here on paper. I think you're 100% right there, yeah. Yeah. And you're paying you're paying 12 points per model basically for for these plus you're paying for the mandatory hero in there. This is going to yeah. be quite an expensive unit in an army that is not cheap to begin with at least not for green skins. Yeah, I just I do wonder if if this isn't just a case of maybe you should take a bunch of other stuff instead. It's so characterful though it's one of those ones that i don't want to it is yeah i don't want to recommend if, against if, it if, if if you play this list uh definitely go get them but mm -hmm. um yeah other than that it's uh usually those units that try to do multiple things uh they are a bit of like uh, jack of all trades master of none and there are other units that can usually pick one of those two roles and perform them better or cheaper yeah, no, you're you're a hundred percent correct on that. Yeah, this is so. I, I'm terribly sorry if I spoiled spoiled uh, Ruglet's <laughs> orcs for you here. Yeah, no, and and as always, I mean, look, you you gotta you gotta make up your own mind whenever you're listening to to anyone tell you on any podcast. I mean, not just ours that that a unit maybe isn't the best thing ever. Uh, you might have a totally different experience. You know, maybe for you those crossbows are just they're just deadly. So, um, yeah, don't don't let yeah, us they, stop they, you they, from from getting no, definitely not, orcs. definitely not. Yeah, or alternatively, maybe you should believe us, and you should want to perhaps get rid of those models, and maybe you want to <laughs> send those to uh, to a certain, to, uh, to a certain uh, show certain host. We, we we shall not name. Yeah, yeah, brother, yeah. Far far be it from me to, <laughs> to stop you from from doing what you want to do. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess the last thing I, I really want to mention about this army is that I enjoy that they brought along the giants. Uh, and it, I mean, it makes thematic sense, but the, this army is a little restrictive, but I think it's the perfect spot for, for big, tough, stupid giants uh, in here. Yeah, definitely. Um, same with trolls, honestly. I, I, I like yeah. that. Although and, and trolls are downgraded to special or upgraded to special. They, they have are, more aren't trolls. They? Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of nice if you wanted to go a little troll heavy. Not that I would recommend that either, but uh, it could be lots of fun. Man, this is this may, just makes me wish that trolls were were better in uh, in Warhammer yeah. Fantasy. I love them that, so that, much that they, that they have any leadership to speak of. Yeah, yeah. Just the the babysitting is hard for that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good way. Although this this army, I was gonna say it's a good way. To maybe deal with heavily armored things, but I honestly don't think this army has much trouble dealing with heavily armored. Uh, no, opposition. you can um, you can equip your black orcs with uh, um, great weapons, so mm -hmm. that will punch through most armor. Yeah, and you've still got the chopper rule as well, even though it's it's not quite yeah. as robust in sixth edition as it would be in in eighth. That plus one strength on the charge uh, really really helping you out there. Yeah. 
Yeah. But that's only if you fight with a regular chopper and not with an additional chopper or mm-hmm. um, a great weapon or anything. So that, that does get better in later editions. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I went to a tournament kind of at the end of 6th edition. It was right... It was literally right before 7th edition came out, and it was kind of like a last hurrah tournament at the local games workshop. And my buddy and I, it was really last minute. We just, we heard about it, we wanted to go, and he didn't have a fully painted army at the time. So I let him borrow the goblins. I had a huge collection of orcs and goblins, so I let him borrow the goblins. I took the orcs, and I just should have asked if I could have run this list (laughs) (laughs) in that tournament because it was everything that i've taken is here except it's all better in this list because i could have like i could have uh knocked up like a little effigy of gork and i maybe because i I, and then i i ended up using grimgore i didn't use a grimgore as grimgore but i had the models uh and i used him as a a black orc war boss and i i remember i got second place in that tournament so the nice uh, yeah, yeah i've only been to a couple tournaments and that was easily the best i've ever done and of course this is you know local games workshop tournament so hardly the uh absolute pinnacle of competitive play but i'm just i'm looking back at it now and being like man i could have made a i think a much more effective army out of the same models if i had run this uh yeah yeah it was fun we ended up actually having to play each other in one of the rounds so it was it was my orcs versus my (laughs) goblins and that was fun and silly Uh, yeah 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 no no matter who loses you win either way that's that's kind of it so GJ, uh, yeah. we've we've done an hour on this yes. one list, uh, and we've only done the orcs, and we've only done the orcs. Uh, it is by far the smallest of the these two sections. Yes. I'm thinking um, that maybe we should wait wa- with the slayers. Yeah, for yeah. Do time. you want? We can we can release this one, and then we'll we can hit the slayers. God, this is, this is everything <laughs> I feared. We're gonna crawl of, through this book, but all it's of so my good. fears about doing this have come true. Uh, and, and it's this is gonna be this is sixty-five part. Oh man, we better not do whole episodes on like the little alternate armies at the back. We can't possibly talk about those for this long, right? Right? Well, like, please well, tell me that. Um, Scott and vampires. Uh, I, I think we should. <sighs> Yeah, and me and the cult M- of Slanesh. maybe make 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 that a two parter at oh, least, no. just the vampires. And <laughs> I'm gonna have no. to rename this podcast "Storm of Chaos," and it's that's it. It's just us for the yeah. rest of our natural <laughs> lives talking about this book. Man, I just I remember doing Albion, and I I just tore through it. And I doing Eye of Terror. Eye of Terror is the second largest campaign. Fit that into an episode, no problem. Yes, this thing is just the book that never ends. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but. You are doing this with other people, so that will um, always take a little bit. It, it does, but I think it makes it better because there's so many things, yeah. and uh, you you've been tremendously helpful on this that you've been able oh, to point you. out and, and things that I would miss because this is so big. It's this is basically an expansion for Warhammer Fantasy, and I, I maybe didn't realize yeah, that's, that. That's going how, in. how it was written. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised so. just to read it when I when I saw that that it's actually meant to be the third Chaos Army book. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, and, and, and even what, that what is also, selling it short, um, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, what, what we also need to take into account is that after we have the Slayer Army, we also have a section about hosting a chaos invasion with campaign trees and alliances charts and two scenarios. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. 
Yep, that's that's so a that's thing another uh, six pages, and we've done. How many pages did we do today? Five pages. We did five pages today. That's terrible. We're five pages. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Well, well six six if you include the uh, uh, the color opening plate. That's <laughs> the same as the sixth edition army book, which is by the way a lovely piece of art. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. The, I I always go back to the art. I have to mention it every time because every time I'm going through this, I notice something different or, or something that I just kind of, I overlooked and yeah, just a, yeah. an incredible collection there. Well, this was, I mean, this was a smashing success in that it's been a lot of fun talking about orcs and goblins and I love talking about orcs and goblins. Oh yeah, man, me too. Uh, however, I, I, you know, we're marginally further ahead on getting through this, this <laughs> mammoth book for storm of chaos and the problem with this book, and I guess it's a good problem to have, but it never takes a break. You know, like a normal army book, you'll get you'll get like the little uh, section. And I guess it has those. It has the little painting section and the, the gallery and the little stories and things. But they're just there's so many rules packed into all of these pages that it's yeah. hard to go through. So hopefully you listeners out there enjoy this. It's It's been lots of fun to go through. I know it's a lot. But we're gonna keep doing it. We're gonna keep get trying to get through it. If people start getting sick of this, maybe we'll uh, we'll we'll skip some stuff that isn't uh, you know absolutely the most interesting. But otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna keep on chugging through here. We also have some episodes that have release or that we have done in the summer that I have to uh, edit up and release, as well as we're going to keep on trying to get these storm of chaos ones out in a quick manner. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get an episode out last week. Uh, everyone was busy. I was just run off my feet and uh, we all had things going on and, and Scott continued to have things going on, which is why he's not here today, but it is what it is. We're going to try and get through this. If I can release an episode a week until we're through storm of chaos, I will absolutely do that. I will try my best to do that. I can't so promise it. <laughs> until Christmas, we have an episode a week. <laughs> it's seeming like that. But until next time, thanks so much for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the War Games Orchard. If you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going and... Enjoy extra Orchard content. If Patreon's not your thing, please consider giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard and The War Games Orchard, or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com.